Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... The New York Times Cooking No Recipe Recipes by Sam Sifton. Hi, Johnny. That's a mouthful. It sure is. Hi, Victoria. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling a little tired today, yeah. but I took That's today. the wine talking from last <laughs> night. But We, we kind of tied one on. We did. And then we have to be cruelly reminded that we're not 20 anymore. I know. Uh, That's okay. I'm just traumatized from watching that Woodstock 99 <gasps> documentary. <sighs> I'm going to be having nightmares about that. Oh, the, That's crazy. The, I love how they're like, I don't understand what all these 20-something uh, middle up, middle class, upper to middle class men are so mad about. And I'm like, dudes. Men. <laughs> men. On behalf of all men, I apologize Ugh. for their behavior. That was crazy. It's on HBO Max if you're interested in streaming it. It's basically about how... Uh, Woodstock turn into a fiasco shit show <laughs> full of fire and sexual assaults yep. and yeah so not the feel good hit of the summer no it oh it like left me feeling really unsettled yes so well <laughs> on that note <laughs> I know right welcome but, everyone but wait hold on we also did we just finished watching hacks yeah, that was good. Which is, it stars the wonderful Gene Smart. People are going to think that all we do is like drink and watch TV. <laughs> what? Which I guess kind of is true. No. <laughs> do these guys work? We sound like the biggest slob losers. I, I swear we, we actually do work. We do, we do stuff. Yeah, we're plenty busy. Yeah. But we just tell you about like. It's how we unwind. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't want to hear about our day-to-day work life. No. That's no fun because you all have your own work lives to deal with. Yes. Well, welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. A few things to get out of the way before we begin. Uh, If you go to our website, which is www.wecookbooks.com, and go to the store tab, that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And from there, we've got a couple lists, Kitchen Essentials for Home Cooks, as well as our top cookbooks that we've featured over on Instagram. Um, I just added a thing or two there, too, so it's, it's... Freshly updated. If you make a purchase from either of those lists, you'll get something that you want. It won't cost you a penny more. We'll get a little something in return, courtesy of Amazon. And uh, it's a way that you can show your support for what we're doing here. Ooh, speaking of Amazon. Yeah, we we, were in Amazon jail for a hot minute. Yeah, Johnny went to go uh, post a new book review and... All of our reviews were gone. Yeah. You, I mean, you guys might not know, but for every cookbook that we feature uh, for the week on our Instagram page, I also include all of the writing that I do um, and submit it for, you know, for a review for that book on Amazon. Um, just a little something extra. And, and um, we, we also include all of our photos. Yeah, and- yeah. So, we, you know, we've kind of built up a catalog of reviews. I think we have about 160 of them on there. Um, and it just helps, you know, promote the cookbooks as well as promote what we do. And uh, I went to submit a review last week, and I got a received a message saying that we were, like, suspended from submitting reviews. And they 
not only uh, prevented us from submitting reviews, but they removed the 150 plus reviews that I had. I still to this day do not know what happened. Well, they said it was due to unusual review activity, yeah. which is probably some bot. Yeah, I don't know. And and some, some algorithm. And Johnny so actually guess. like called called Amazon. <laughs> that sounds so weird. Well, I called Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Try getting a number. I had to Google it and then I found it, but uh, they do not make it uh, very visible on their actual website anywhere. And the customer support person was not very helpful. He was not. He did. He, he claimed that it was because we didn't buy all of the books on Amazon because we've mentioned before that we do check out a lot of stuff from the library. We get sent stuff from publishers, but uh, I reviewed the terms and conditions and there was no mention that you had to actually make a purchase. It said that you had to buy at least $50 worth of stuff from Amazon in the last 12 months, which of course we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, it took a few emails and phone calls and we finally got everything restored. Back but in I, business. I, yeah, I, I could not tell you still what, what the issue was though. So fingers crossed that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, it must have been just some weird algorithm yep. thing. or We got who, flagged. Who knows? The, the reviews were too awesome. <laughs> That's what it was. They're too helpful. Yep. <laughs> Uh yeah, so we're we're out of Amazon jail now. Um, you want to talk about what we're? I guess we're still kind of in the middle of working on grand dishes, which we spoke about in the last episode. Wait, what else do we have to make? We've done four dishes. From okay, now. so typically we do anywhere from five to seven. So we'll we'll do another one or two just to knock it out, and then uh, we'll move on to. Uh, we are going to be working on Dada Eats, uh, by Sama Dada. And I'm looking forward to it because it is vegetarian. Yeah, I just paged through it uh, before we started the episode and uh, mentioned it to you, but it's plant-based with kind of Indian flavors and spices. Yeah. So Honestly, I have not even looked through it, but I, tr- I trust... You trust my judgment. I trust I wouldn't steer judgment. you wrong. Um, yeah, but uh, we're going to be working through that. And then uh, most importantly... What's for dinner tonight? We're doing a rustle up. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a rustle up. Uh, well, it's funny because this morning we were talking about this. Um, we, we decided to make some savory French toast. I will be using the first tomatoes out of the garden. Yay. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Um, Our garden is in full bloom now. Yes. and But it's funny, though, because this uh, one of the recipes... Well, not a recipe. One of the dishes that we made from this book is a savory French toast. So, which is kind of the direction we're leaning tonight. We're kind of on repeat tonight. Yeah. So, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm a big fan of breakfast for dinner. I am too. Should we move on to the show topic? Yes. All right. So, we put this out to everyone on social media, got some great responses. So, thanks for that. Uh, favorite celebrity chef. Um, you want to start with some of the listener sure. answers? Yeah. Thad E. said all time. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, current Babish. His name is Andrew Ree. He's on... Uh, um, binging with Babish. Binging with Babish, Babish on YouTube. Well, no, he's... Yeah. It's still on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. He's, um, well, he's turned that into a whole well, yeah, he's, empire. Yeah. He's got his show with uh, Sola and stuff. Yeah. Formerly um, of uh, Bon Appetit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then he says, and you guys. Aww. Oh, Thaddeus. You're Very so nice. sweet. Thank you. Uh, Marie P. said uh, Paula Dean. Okay. Vote for Paula Dean. Mm-hmm. 
Joseph P. said Patty Jinich is my current favorite. Which I was unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I looked it up and it turns out that we just received an advanced copy of her, her upcoming cookbook. Mm-hmm. So we got that on the shelf. And then she's got a show on PBS, Mexican Cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to check that out. Yeah. Thanks for the suggestion. <laughs> Extra Pixels said Victoria. Ah, oh, what am Jeffy. I, a chap liver? <laughs> <laughs> Victoria is my favorite too. Oh man, I'm blushing. You yep. guys, are... I don't know. I, I mean, I love I, you. No, know? I don't know if you qualify as a celebrity. I, I don't think so. You're a celebrity in this household. I don't think nobody else knows who I am. I, but, but you're but a, you're a celebrity in my eyes. In my own head, yes. I'm a goddamn like Rock star. superstar. Yep. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really no. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, next one, Maxwell Gregory, twenty eighteen. Does Ina Garden count as a celebrity? Fuck You're yes. goddamn you right. Me? She does. Yeah. Yeah. Ina Garden is a goddess. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spaghetti Podcast said uh, Gordon Ramsay, which is funny because then Beth's cookbook review uh, said I hate Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> And uh, all of those other kinds of chefs, she put in quotation marks. I mean, th- say what you will about Gordon Ramsay, but he is def- most certainly a chef. So I don't, I don't think you have to put air quotes in there. Um, I'm personally all for chefs like Sean Brock and Rodney Scott, mm-hmm. two two great names. Mm-hmm. Um, real people without reality TV shows are true chefs. Let's not forget someone named Mr. Bourdain, who is also a chef and had a reality TV show. So let's not. Uh, well, I mean, let's uh, not paint them all with that brush. But here's the thing: all these. Well, no, I guess there are many, many celebrity chefs who, like, actually really do have like true backgrounds. I, I think Rachel Ray is the only like celebrity chef, but that ship has kind of sailed. Now she's like talk show host. But. Would you consider her a chef? No. And I don't think she considers herself a chef either. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have formal training as far as I'm aware. I mean, she's definitely been in the game a long time. Yeah. To uh, So it's not taking anything away from her knowledge and experience, but she's not been formally trained, nor did she ever, like, work as a chef. Yeah. I mean, I know she did some food gigs mm-hmm. back in the day before she became a, a personality but um yeah interesting to think about because i i was trying to when i sat down to create my own list um i was well i mean we'll get to that in a second but I, that's what i was you know i was like celebrity and then also chef because i can think of lots of like personalities and stuff that i wouldn't consider chefs because that's not a title that they've ever had yeah and so Ah, interesting. And then one more submission from Tech Chef Jay, and he said uh, he gave us a list. Anne Burrell, great. Mm-hmm. Aaron, San- Aaron Sanchez, uh, Allison Fasano, Graham Elliott, another vote for Ina Garten, and Antonia Lafazo from Top Chef fame. Oh, Antonia. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good, good ones. Uh, what do you have? Miss Victoria. So I said Bourdain. And here's the thing with Bourdain. Um, I feel like I feel. He'd probably grumble at anyone who 
considered him a celebrity chef. Well, he'd probably be the first one to say he, that he's not a he's chef. Not, he'd, he'd be like, I haven't, he, I haven't cooked in a kitchen, like in a professional kitchen in 20 years. Yeah. You know, like, but that's how he came up. Yep. And, and his and he definitely held the title as sh- of chef yeah. at one point in time. So. And I just for me I think his curiosity about food and wanting to show everyone all these different cultures and foods and just and he here's the thing with um I'm forgetting the name of the book. Uh, Kitchen Confidential. I, I think a lot of do. I feel like a lot of guys read that and they feel like they they feel like it's this like bro culture. But it, if you like actually pay attention, he Bourdain is very respectful and like actually talks about women in the kitchen and like. You know, the women that he's cooked with are badass. And, like, he doesn't buy into the whole the bro-chef culture, which is... And you, so you think a lot of people kind of misinterpret yes, when they read I that really book? Yes, I really do. Okay. Like, like, the whole... Because it goes without saying, like, if you're a professional chef or cook, you've probably read that book. And and just the whole... The whole I I love the book, but I have, like, real big problems with it because it's still back in the day, it was, like... It really does glamorize the turn and burn, work till you're fucking dead culture, mm-hmm. which now, you know, like y- people can't staff kitchens anymore yep. because nobody wants to go to work working for $10 an hour and being told unless you are missing a limb, you need to come into work. Yeah. Like that. I feel like that ship is sailing. Yep. Um, I'm so getting off track. No, here. it's. I mean, it's it's interesting though because like restaurants are really struggling to find qualified staff. And, and I would I would never go back into another professional. I would never go back into another. It's probably going to require kitchen. rethinking how everything is structured mm-hmm. and changing that because it's the current model is not sustainable. So yeah. Do you have anyone else? On yeah. The list? Oh yes, I do. Um, well, I don't know if. I don't know if this man really qualifies as a celebrity chef. In my eyes, he's a celebrity chef. Uh-huh. Uh, Yodom Adolenghi. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Absolutely. I, yeah, he's done. I mean, he doesn't have like a, that I know of, he doesn't have like any kind of TV show or, ever, or whatever, but he puts out solid books and yeah. he's very well known. And yeah, so... I've never been disappointed in one of his books. Yeah, works um, for me. And then uh, Christina Tosi. Okay. From Milk Bar. Nice. Uh, incre- I, th- I feel like she kind of revolutionized uh, uh, like baking and pastry in a little bit of way with her whole like, um, uh, with like the birthday cake uh like the cereal birthday cake and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like the crack pie and um and when I make cookies she there is this method called the tosi method which involves uh which is just like creaming your butter and sugar you cream your butter and sugar uh for 2 minutes and then you add your eggs and then you do it for like another 8 minutes and mm-hmm. it it gives the cookies just like this really great texture 
and uh, and oh yeah, Jose Andres. Awesome. Yes, but he, I mean, he is a man of the world, and he does so much good. And his his world kitchen, he's a he he's he just seems like such a. He's got this joie de vivre, and he is so committed to helping people. Yes, and and, and just won uh, like a hundred million dollar grant from Jeff Bezos oh, Foundation. Fuck Jeff Bezos. Wait, <laughs> he just gave Jose Andres a uh, hundred million bucks. I know, which I will know. sustain his uh, World Central Kitchen for eternity. I know, but it's great. Yes, I, I won't get into it. But yeah. But awesome, good for him because yeah. his foundation get that money, get that Bezos money, right? Yeah. So, what about you? Um, so, th- I had this person on the list. I think I'm gonna remove it because I kind of talked myself out of it when we were having this discussion. <laughs> uh, Alton Brown, love Alton Brown. He's not really he, a chef. He's not a chef. I mean, he did go to culinary school. You know, you know what he he started off as like a, a film director. And he did a REM video, I think, like the one I love or something like that. No, yeah, he did. He's got Georgia roots, and he he did one of their videos. I think it was the one I love. I'm okay, gonna, I'm gonna have to look it up. All right, but yeah, before he got into the food food game, he was doing like film and, and video. So. All right, so but why did you talk yourself out of it? Because he, I don't consider him a chef, okay. and I don't think he would consider himself a chef. Yeah. He comes from a different angle, and he's phenomenal at what he does. But, I'd say he's more of like a food educator and a yes. personality. I mean, I love Christopher Kimball, too, from Milk Street mm-hmm. fame, but I don't think he's ever been a chef or worked as a chef. Um, but I, I love the, you know, s- a similar approach where it comes from, like, the the, the science. And, and, you know, I learn so much whenever I hear either of them speak. But um, I will say, and these people definitely qualify for this category uh Bourdain of course uh-huh. that's he's the goat all time um and then I had Jose Andres on my list as well as uh Marcus Samuelson uh-huh. who I love a lot all men which I feel really weird about but then I I started thinking um I will throw out two female names Mary Sue Milliken yes and Susan Feniger yes they the, are the original hot partner, tamales hot tamales yeah. partners in crime and anytime I've heard interviews with them, even recently, like they still seem to have such a passion for what they do. They and they love running do. restaurants. They love cooking. They love uh, mentoring. And I think that's that's really important, especially as females in the industry. And so, definitely felt it necessary to give them a shot. And there's there's so many. I mean, how do you how do you choose just just a few? So that that's my list for today. It would probably be completely different tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Should we jump into the book? Let's get into it. All right. Uh, So, New York Times, No Recipe, Recipes Mm -hmm. by Sam Sifton. Um, In the beginning of the book, he describes recipes as being similar to sheet music, Mm -hmm. which allows the reader to kind of recreate the cooking of others in their own kitchen or he made the comparison like if you had a piece of sheet music it would allow this guy living in you know somewhere Wisconsin or something to play Beatles music in his living room and have like an approximate you know passable you know performance yeah Yeah. and 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 I think that that 
that really resonated with me. I mm-hmm. thought that was like a really I can see how it would really apt description. Um, but this book does not include any ingredient measurements so we can talk uh, later about whether this is actually like a cookbook or not because there's some debate about that Um, but it's it I think it strives to make home cooks more intuitive um, by eliminating those ingredient measurements Um, and we thought it was kind of an interesting concept and um, it gave our weekly food budget a welcome reprieve, too, because it kind of focuses on, like, making use of what you already have on hand, be mm-hmm. it, like, leftovers or pantry staples. Um, and that was the other thing I don't know if you saw in the book that, you know, it says no recipes, but... You need a pantry. Yes, you absolutely need a pantry. Well, because he... And this is funny because this is... Before we started this, he was talking about how... Every day he used to get off work and he would go and shop for dinner for what he was going to make that night. And that's exactly what we used to do. Yes. We would go to the grocery store every fucking day. Yeah. Every day. I enjoyed the ritual of grocery shopping pre-COVID. Yes. And then, then when that happened, it really did kind of force us to change our habits and now like most people we just go grocery shopping like once a week get everything we need well but especially with this because we figure out what we're gonna we go through our books yes figure out what we're gonna make for the week do some meal planning Mm -hmm. make our list and then go to it yep put on the mask and white knuckle it through the grocery store you know it really (laughs) it really upsets me because I did used to love grocery shopping and now it just fills me with anxiety. It totally changed the dynamic mm-hmm. and, and the experience for sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, you want to talk about the dishes we made and then and then we'll yeah. go into detail. About yep, I'll give a more. quick little rundown here of what we made. We did a savory French toast with cherry tomatoes and basil. Uh, Taleggio grilled cheese with egg and honey. Uh, Bloody Mary Spideys. Uh, weeknight fried rice. Soba noodles with tofu and kimchi. Uh, pasta with sausage and sage. And then fried halloumi with cucumber salad. So let's talk about the... Savory French toast, yes. which is what we're making tonight. Yes. Um, this was, uh, like everything in this book, super simple to throw together. We had some homemade bread that uh, was left over. So it starts with that. And then you're basically just making a f- regular French toast, but mm-hmm. instead of adding sweet ingredients, you add savory to the egg mixture. Um, so in this case, what was it? Like some chili pepper flake, some basil, a little bit of hot sauce in there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you just grab some beautiful cherry tomatoes and you can toss them right in the skillet at the same time that you're cooking the French toast. Um, Then what did we finish it with? A little bit of like basil and some... Smoked sea salt. Yeah. Um, I have to say, though, of all the uh, prepared breakfast foods, French toast is my least favorite. Really? Yes. Huh. Unless it is cornflake coated French toast. <laughs> Have we ever had that? Yes. We used to go to toast and get it. And okay. they also used, I feel like they used to have it at Bongo Room. 
But I know that was like the big thing at Toast. Okay. And uh, what is the place? Sunnyside in Minneapolis used to have the cornflake crusted. But yeah, because I used to. It was kind of a thing. Because you would get the huevos and I would always get the French toast. Huevos (laughs) Frencheros. Big fan of that. So. um, And uh, the leftovers, if you had any, could be reheated easily in your toaster. So then you're kind of having like leftover leftovers. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Really, really squeezing every last bit out of this uh, out of this dish. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, pretty great dish. It's French toast. Breakfast for dinner. Yes. Uh, How the, can you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we did was Telegio grilled cheese with egg and honey. It's basically a grilled cheese, but there's just something that feels a little more fancy about it. Well, here's the thing. Because um, you're putting Telegio in it. Yeah. We didn't go the grocery store that we went to. There's one grocery store where I know we will always find Telegio. It, it tends to be a little bit more expensive, um, but we did not go to that, that grocery store. And I was like, hey... Let's let's try Limburger because I know it's like a good like funky cheese. Yeah. Even though I've never had it. And it actually, worked out great. Actually, my only reference for Limburger is from when I was a kid watching cartoons and there would be like a thing of Limburger cheese and it would have the stink lines yeah. coming off of it. So I wasn't sure what to expect. And it's fucking delicious. Like how did how did I go 46 years without ever Our, having ours Limburger? Ours were missing the stink lines, but <laughs> they were there in spirit. <laughs> they were good. Uh, yeah, I mean, fancy grilled cheese. Uh, fried egg goes on top of it. A uh, little bit of drizzle of honey for a little sweetness. Here's the thing, though. If you put an egg on top of it, that automatically makes you can't. It, I just don't think it's okay to eat this with your hands. I oh, think it's, it's a knife and forker. It is for a sure. knife and forker. I even have that on my notes. It's a knife and forker. And, and if you and if you're me, then you need like a an eaten bib too, or yeah. like a, a tarp or something. This guy cannot eat a single thing without. Oh, we've talked before. You follow me around with stain sticks. <laughs> Because it's it's nece- it's necessary. Otherwise, I'd just look like a homeless person all the time with we like ju- stains on my shirt. We just we just need to have terrible. we just need to keep like a plastic tarp. Yep. By where we eat. Can't take me anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's no wonder we don't go eat out that much. <laughs> Be wearing half of my food home. <laughs> all right. Anything else about this? Uh no, it was delicious. I it's mean, a grilled cheese. What do you? you we're, we're not trying to like blow through these, but I mean, the in the spirit of the book, it's it's it, it's a simple book. It's yeah. simple cooking, and like, there's, there's like no new. Te- there are like no like new techniques that we haven't tried. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll like, talk in greater detail when yeah. we do our rankings. But like as far as the recipes go, I mean, everything is probably less than four or five ingredients Mm -hmm. and it gives you like all this latitude about like if you don't have this use this Mm -hmm. you can use this also and so all the recipes are filled with little like tips and substitutions and recommendations and uh bloody mary spideys so this was probably the more interesting one from the book for me because how so um, I hate Bloody Marys. Yeah. I prefer my alcohol without tomato products in <laughs> yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I cannot make a Bloody Mary to and save so, my life. I, and I think even in the head notes for this recipe, it says, you know, 
at some point in time, you're going to receive a bottle of Bloody Mary mix somehow. Like, you know, someone left it at your house when they came over for brunch or someone gifted it to you or whatever. You know, somehow you're going to end up with it. And if you're not down with the Bloody Marys like we are, use it for a marinade. And it just was like that eureka moment. Like, of course, Mm -hmm. this is perfect for this is like the best thing to do with Bloody Mary mix instead of making Bloody Mary. Right. And so basically what you do is use that Bloody Mary mix to marinate. Um, In our case, we used some cubed up uh, pork loin Mm -hmm. uh, and then let it soak overnight. And then you've got this delicious marinated pork but that you can put on skewers we forgot to add the horseradish i know because if i'm gonna okay i'm not i don't really like bloody marys at all but if i'm gonna have one it needs to be super spicy can i go on a rant please Uh, i know bloody marys are kind of having a moment um and you go on instagram and there'll be like those gigantic monstrosities that have like like it's like a whole meal balanced on the glass. I've seen one with a fucking roasted chicken on it. Yes. No. Cut it out. Don't do that. Knock it off. Right? That's not right. No. There should be laws against that. <laughs> yeah, I saw one with like a burger like through a skewer or something like balanced atop this and it, Like and there's a like, seven course meal on top of a fucking bloody mary. Yeah, that's dumb. It's really dumb. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we, we bought fresh horseradish, which we never do. And it looks like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> kind of does. I'm 12. <laughs> and uh, we forgot to put it in there. I know. Which kind of sucked. Um, but this was good. And then we had it with another dish from the book. But uh, Bloody Mary mix makes a great marinade. And you can do it for chicken, you know, any protein that you want. You yeah, the, like, tofu, this, like this recipe was like, yeah, to any kind of meat or you can use tofu yeah this recipe i'm i just can't call them recipes <laughs> yeah what would you call it like uh suggestions yeah okay yeah i could see that all right um let's talk weeknight fried rice which was the next dish so if you're like us you probably have a favorite like asian takeout joint and if they're like the one by our house, they always give you way too much rice. And so like we'll get a few dishes and then you get this giant container of rice that you can't possibly finish. And so you have leftovers. This is the perfect solution for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally it calls for like a bag of frozen veggies. We got we got it was like a, we did like a mix that had like corn, carrots, peas and green beans and then it calls for a protein or not if you're a vegetarian. Yep. And we had delicious leftover pulled pork. Yay, win for us. Yes. Um, and then and it just had like some Asian ingredients in it. Yeah. Gin- well, g- like Asian flavors like yeah. ginger, soy, sesame, gokujang. And it had some, e- it had like a little bit of the egg in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah, like we make fried rice all the time. Yeah. And so this was nothing new for us. It yeah. was, how can, you can't beat, beat fried rice with a, with a stick. It's so good. Yeah. Like, love it. Yeah. Um, well, and they, I, you know, and that's the type of book this is too with the inclusion of the frozen veggies. So it's not even advising you to like cut up fresh yeah. vegetables and throw it in there. It's just like grab a bag of frozen veggies and chuck it in there and dinner is served. We so. always usually have like some 
frozen corn or frozen peas kicking around in our fridge. Yeah. There's a bag of fucking lima beans. That's going to be there after we die. I hate lima beans. They can serve it at our memorial service. I don't even remember. Have what, some lima beans. I don't even remember what we got them for. Eh, who knows? Yuck. <laughs> but I mean, this this is literally a dish that you could throw together in like five minutes. Uh-huh. Like, you know, chuck that rice in the pan, get it, get it nice and crispy and throw those veggies in and you've got dinner. It's it's perfect uh, late night drinking food yes. too. I'm hungry. <laughs> Go into the kitchen and rustle yourself up some uh, fried rice. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next up, we have soba noodles, a favorite of ours, with tofu and kimchi. Um, yeah, soba noodles. You can serve them hot or cold. Love and, them both ways. Mm-hmm. And this was like super simple. It had a sauce with. It was garlic, ginger, soy, hoisin, a um, little bit of sesame, tiny bit of maple syrup. Yeah, uh, maybe a surprise ingredient for mm-hmm. some. Um, had some kimchi in it. We have to be very careful about kimchi. We have to buy the... Usually it's we buy vegan version because uh, a lot of kimchi contains shrimp paste, which yep. I am allergic to. Don't need to don't need to be killed by kimchi. No. Well, it's not gonna kill me. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just make me red and splotchy and horrific looking for a little while. And then this we also threw in some blanched asparagus pieces and then uh a nice jammy soft boiled egg. Mm. I got to work on my soft boiled egg game. Still got it. You you don't need to work on it because you do got it. Yep. <laughs> that was good. Um Yeah, I mean did we eat that hot or cold? I can't remember. I think we had it hot. If I remember Possibly. right. Possibly. It might have been just room temperature. Yeah. I'm sure it was room temperature because <laughs> we, we photographed took it. photos of it. Everything we eat is room temperature. <laughs> it's been so long since we've had a hot meal. Uh, <laughs> the, the struggle is real. Um, all right. And then let's talk pasta with sausage and sage. Sausage and sage, BFFs. Like you and me. Yep. <laughs> 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 and then we used uh, orachetti, which which uh, means ear. They're little ear shaped pasta. Okay, yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't. I thought I told you that. Maybe I thought I like hit you with my big knowledge. I probably we... wasn't listening. <laughs> probably not. But uh, yeah, that and we had that. I mean, but th- this is the same thing. Like it just says, you know, use some pasta. It doesn't really advise you like what you have to use. Uh, maybe gives some suggestions, but you know, you can use whatever you have. Uh, we used a hot Italian sausage as well. The and it said to cut it in coins, but we just cut it out of the casing and crumbled it up. Yep. Um, and then I feel like sage is one of those ingredients where it's one of those herbs where it's really easy to go overboard. Yes. And it automatically reminds me of Thanksgiving. Yeah. I can see that. Because it reminds me of stuffing. Yeah. (laughs) I always think of anytime I smell sage, I think of Thanksgiving. Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's not much to rhapsodize on this dish. I mean, it's it's simple. Everyone's had, everyone's had sausage pasta before. It was, it was delicious. I mean, how can you go wrong? And then uh, lastly, we did fried halloumi with a cucumber salad. And I think this is what we had with those Bloody Mary Spideys. Mm-hmm. So we had our like pork skewers that were marinated in that Bloody Mary mix. And then we had those um, with this dish. And they were both 
great. Um, big fans of fried halloumi, although we didn't use halloumi. We didn't. We used uh, we used uh, queso blanco, um, and it it like cooked up just as nicely as halloumi. Yeah. Uh, if you if you've not fried halloumi or or some of those cheeses before, do yourself a favor and check it out because it's a favorite of ours um, here and. We do it all the time, and it's it's transformative. It's I, really good. I love the squeak on on the teeth. Yeah. Um. So I'm sorry I interrupted you, but uh, that's okay. The, the I'm used to it. I I know. <laughs> it, it probably drives people nuts when they when they listen to this. But They're we, like, we finish each up, other's man. sentences. We talk over each other. It's 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 our dynamic. <laughs> it works for us. But yeah, queso blanco. Or you could, or we could have used provolone. Yep. Um, and. I don't know. The salad just had some diced cherry tomato, cucumber, lots of herbs. So it was like really nice and fresh tasting. A little bit of lemon juice for some brightness. Yep. Um, and then, you know, you can always just serve it with some bread, like some pita or baguette or what have you. Yeah. So I mean, this would make a great lunch or mm-hmm. a side for a dinner like like what we did. So. All right. Should we move on to the rankings? Uh, how about the reviews? Yes. The critical reviews. Yes. And here is the thing. I kind of get, I get these reviews. I get the negative reviews. Yeah. I, I, I really do feel like what people are saying is valid because it's. <laughs> Although I feel like you should have kind of known what you were. When it says no recipe yeah, recipes. Yeah. You can't fault the book for that when it kind of says in the title that you know um anyway so yeah i found two critical amazon reviews you want to start with the first one uh sure uh she gave it one out of five stars she said not for me save your money i'm very disappointed in this cookbook as i don't think it's good for a novice or an experienced cook Eh, i don't know about that novice yes uh too difficult for the novice if they don't know ratios and not adventurous enough for the experienced cook. Okay, I get where you're coming from. Uh, Here's a recipe from the book for you. Tomatoes and butter. (laughs) And another tomato sandwich. Bread, butter, mayonnaise, tomato. Really? Most (laughs) most recipes uh, are what the home cook makes daily, like tacos, grilled cheese, beans, rice. I mean, I think... I think it's helpful to look at this book from the lens of just giving you some like inspiration and maybe for people that really do strictly work from recipes, like taking them out of their comfort zone and, and trying to encourage them to be a little bit more intuitive. Trust your, trust your palate, trust your seasoning skills, trust your skill. Because I know as someone like when we first started this project a few years ago, like I was pretty religious about like following recipes and adhering to them really strictly and I feel like I've definitely become a lot more comfortable making substitutions mm-hmm. or just spotting like oh I can see that this is going to be a lot of fish sauce so we're going to scale that back in the recipe and just kind of changing it to suit our own tastes mm-hmm. and you know maybe skill levels or whatever so I mean I get the critique that this person is making, but at the same time, uh, you know, for like a novice cook that maybe isn't very experienced, this is serving as like some inspiration and trying to maybe build up their confidence in the kitchen. If that makes sense. No, I get it. 
I totally get it. Yeah. And then uh, Snagglepuss. I love it. I'm sure that's his real name. It says uh, it on the driver's <laughs> license. Uh, one out of five stars. He said, gives ingredients, but no exact amounts of each. It's a guessing game. Some decent recipes, however, no exact measurements. Take a guess. You feel lucky? Stupid cookbook. I would avoid. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> this guy is, has an issue with complete sentences. And he loves his ellipsis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like 10 of them I in mean, that review. Yeah, I just... I, the, the lack of measurements didn't bother me, but I guess my question is at what point does something not become a recipe because is it just the the lack of measurements that disqualifies it i mean it still gives you this ingredient list and kind of advises you on the technique of like how to compose them i think a recipe absolutely has to have measurements okay these are just suggestions okay yeah yeah so would you consider this a cookbook no okay no i really don't i mean it gives you i consider it a guidance book a guidebook a, a, a guidebook a food yes. guidebook okay um i guess that's a perfect segue into our rankings for the book and this this will be interesting because i i think we have differing opinions on mm-hmm. this perhaps um food photography and styling i gave it a 3 okay um here's the thing the I feel the more books that I look at, I get really into what kind of aesthetic is it? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. like, how are these photos telling a story? And for me, that book didn't, this book didn't do it. Like it was like, um, you know, all the photos were like 98% of them were overhead like yes. uh, cl- um like I noticed that as well. Closely cropped. There are a few macro shots. Yeah. Um there was like the beginning of each chapter yeah, has the, a macro yes, shot of, yes. of whatever the chapter yep. focuses on. Um yeah, I didn't feel like the photos really told a story. To me it felt like m- more just photos of food. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I mean they were they were good photos. Yeah. But like there was a there was a photographer mentioned in the book. Um, their name is David Malosh. Okay. And then there was a food stylist, Simon Andrews, that okay. was involved in the project as well. Um, so there was, you know, a- yeah. oh, attention yeah, paid. Yeah. They're not just like whipping random. some food. On. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. No, I get it, and maybe that sounds mean of me, but like, no, I, I think I'm. I like, see where you're coming from. I'm kind of more into the aesthetic mm-hmm. so yeah okay um i gave it a four okay um i didn't have a problem with the photography necessarily um as you mentioned they are all overhead photos except there was a burger shot that was kind of like head-on um i don't think it's possible to get a decent yeah. looking overhead yeah unless you're gonna serve it like burger. open face or something <laughs> um I I felt like they were deliberately unstyled and unfussy. So a lot of the the photos, there'd be, you know, crumbs, sauce splashed on the plate, 
bites out of the food. I mean, it. I, I feel like they were trying to create okay. an aesthetic okay. and, and it kind of fits with the book. Because, I get that. Yeah, it's you're, unfussy. You're doing... We're not being precious about it. Yes, okay. and I think that was very deliberate. Okay. And the fact that they have a food stylist involved in it. Okay. Like, I think that was a, a very deliberate choice. Sure. So, okay, I get it. Yeah. But I still stand by me. No, I... <laughs> but I, 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 I like that I kind of like that you brought that angle into it yeah. because I wasn't thinking about that. No, I think they did try and create a, a theme or a story and maybe they just weren't as successful with it. But I, I think that was, if I was interpreting it correctly, that's yeah. that's what I would say. Uh, design and layout. Um, I gave it a four. Uh, here's the thing. there's uh, it's It's a pretty simple book. There's uh, at the beginning, there is a section for the pantry. Um, the book is broken down into eight sections, like uh, breakfast, anytime, uh, like uh, there's some chick- great titles, chickens and a duck. <laughs> um, and it it it's it's as it says, it's like chicken recipes and, and one, one duck, duck recipe. recipe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, like as far as the layout, there there will be. The intro introduction to the dish, and on the left-hand side, there's ingredient list. Further down, if he has a tip about about like what you're cooking, uh, there will be a tip there. Sometimes mm-hmm. it wasn't there. Um, and then on the right-hand side of the page, it would have the uh, kind of instructions, if you will. And then underneath that, there would be like a modifications, yes. uh, little modifications section. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the index at the back. Yeah. It's super, I mean. Free of filler. Yeah. So, yeah, I gave it a four. Perfect. Um, I gave it a five. Okay. I think the design and layout is really where this book excels. The, the cover, I love that kind of it's it's kind of a paperback but it's covered in cloth yeah so it's, it's like, like canvasy yeah so it's like this texture i'm sure people in the publishing industry would be able to tell me the the correct terminology but it's got this like nice textured fabric with like this embossed lettering it's it's a really cool book it's a little smaller in size than most traditional cookbooks um the chapter titles we've talked about, you know, the vegetable aisle, the Staples Sisters, which is rice and pasta, yeah. the pantry staples. Uh, I love the the chickens and a duck. There's one called On the Waterfront, which is all the seafood stuff. Um, aside from the pantry pages that, that are in the front of the book that we talked about earlier, there really isn't a, any extra material. Uh-huh. Um, so I think... They did a really good job of creating like a narrative and the narrative is, you know, like unfussy, you know, leftovers. And I think that, you know, throughout the, the, the photos, the lack of the extra material, the size of the book, like I think that was, all of that stuff was like a really conscious effort to create this narrative if that makes sense. And and I love that every single recipe has a companion photo mm-hmm. and it's like recipe on the left side, 
photo on the right and then like you said like the there's it's filled full of little like tips and alterations and suggestions and modifications and so i i feel like this is a great book especially for someone who's like a beginner maybe just you know just moved out of their parents house or something Uh and they're looking to you know start feeding themselves and taking care of themselves maybe maybe they newlyweds and they just starting to like cook for themselves and others um i think i think the design and layout of this book was 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 really good for that so looking at the cover of this book you know what i'm thinking about um way early on we did another New York Times book Mm -hmm. and it was like this big hardcover book Mm -hmm. with like the paper wrapper but it was red with the black with the black so it's a very specific it's like the New York Times aesthetic yeah totally so um that's just neither here nor there it's just something that I was thinking of but yeah, I mean, if you're the type that wants to see a companion photo of every recipe, this book will not disappoint because, you know, every single one that I saw. Except for the ramen. Photo. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's a, a picture. It's for like weeknight ramen and it's got a, like a packet of ramen noodles uh, and just various like other ingredients. Huh, I yeah. missed that one. It's not the actual dish. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. What did you give it for degree of difficulty? One. Me too. Yeah. Uh, some of them. I mean, s- just the fact that you don't have to measure anything out, you can just throw it together. Yeah, I, I think some. I think some of the things in here were a little ridiculous, though. Like uh, oranges and yogurt. Yeah. Really. I mean, but that's again. I think that's what it was aspiring to do is like just serve as kind of like inspiration. Yeah, I know. And. I know. You know, get people thinking like, like I said, if you're used to cooking from a recipe and you feel like maybe you can't be more intuitive in the kitchen, this book tries to steer you in that direction. And it's just trying to get you thinking in terms of like, I can, this is what I have in my pantry. This is what I have in my fridge. I can throw these things together. And then, you know, so oranges and yogurt, but maybe you have apples instead maybe you have bananas instead and so it's trying to get you to think in those terms like oh i could throw these together um i'm looking for inspiration for a meal but well i but uh, here's the thing i also feel like if i didn't know if i did not know how to cook and i picked up this book i would feel like inside i would feel utterly chaotic and rudderless i'd be like what do i what do i do with yeah. this like yeah i've got all i've got this list of ingredients how because there are people who like really do not know how to cook yeah and i mean i and i'm not being mean about it yeah it's just a fact like yeah. they don't know how to cook yeah um uh, you, you you gave it a one i did give well. it a yeah. one yeah like and, and i do like this book because it's like oh yeah here's this is a good idea let's yeah. You know, and and this is actually the way I do prefer to cook. You know, that and is true. You're far more intuitive in the kitchen than I am. So. Yeah, like if, even if there is a recipe, I'll you can eat. you can put together a good wrestle up. <laughs> Thanks. You've you've put together some decent wrestle ups too. Yeah. Usually, my lunches. <laughs> His lunches. Are- 
are freaking. If we hilarious. have a flatbread or a toast, I'll throw whatever garbage on top of it, or throw together some kind of weird salad or something. <sighs> what did I have the other day? It was like olives. It was olives. Uh, he made a flatbread. It was like olives, and then he had like a bunch of like shredded up butter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My, my, it was basically kind of like a weird salad on a on flatbread. Bread. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I love you so much. You're so adorable. It was good. <laughs> I'm like, why was, are you eating that? It was sustenance. I don't know. It's like, it's like self punishment or something. <laughs> You're like, I'm Penance. gonna hate. I'm gonna hate eat. This. I, I often hate eat my lunch. Well, that's for sure. But you shouldn't. Ah. I always mean it. Well, see, and I'm very lazy about lunch too. I'll be like, I'm just gonna have a bowl of cherries. <laughs> and yeah, will, talk about uh, uninspired. <laughs> Johnny will be like, that's not a lunch. I'm like, but it's what I want. <laughs> well, I think we've spoke about this before, but like. We, we try and be mindful about, you know, what we're eating, try and stay healthy. And so every morning, usually after after the gym, I'll have a smoothie. Like I, I do this whole prep routine with, with frozen fruit and, and, I, and I have a, my smoothie with all my garbage vitamins and stuff in it that Victoria See, finds so amusing. See, here's the thing. He puts all these fucking vitamins in his smoothie, yep. which I think tastes disgusting. I, you I, can taste them. Yeah. You can taste them. Yeah. Yeah, you can. They don't. Nah. Yes. It's crazy. It talk. tastes like medicine. Oh. <laughs> and then I have whatever for lunch. It's usually just whatever's left over or whatever we've got kicking around in the pantry. And then dinner is like when we usually cook from these books. And so that's when I just indulge and, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be healthy. It doesn't, you know, it's like, but that's. It's it's kind of what works for me is like I try and be mindful throughout the day of what I eat and then all bets are off for dinner yeah. and I can eat fried chicken. I can eat pizza. I can eat whatever. And it, it doesn't matter. Generally, I'm a I'll have a cup of tea for breakfast type of person. Yeah. And then you're always like, that's, that's not, not a, a breakfast. <laughs> I swear to God, I hear it at least once a day. Yes, you do. That's not a meal. It's, you know. It's a meal to it's, me, it's, damn it. It's, it's me, uh, you know, channeling your mom because she'd say the same thing if she was here. Ugh. That's not a meal. I know. Um, I know. All right. Lastly, that was quite the tangent. <laughs> <laughs> this riveting, stimulating conversation of, of what we eat in a typical day. Uh, taste. I gave it a five. Okay. But that's like all on us. You yeah. know, we did all the measuring, whatever. I mean, the guideposts were there, but. Yeah. We did it. It was us. Yeah. So I gave it a three. (gasps) No. Are you saying I'm a bad cook? No, no. Here's the thing. (laughs) I felt that with this book in particular, that the taste of stuff, especially when it comes to like depth of flavor, was somewhat compromised by the simplicity of the preparation. You're right. Nothing was complicated. And nothing simmered or cooked in the oven for a long time. And I felt like that was kind of the trade-off. Is like if you're just looking to throw something together, that it's going to be good. It's not like it was, you know, inedible or anything by any means. All the stuff we ate was delicious. But um, there were dishes There's that nothing that's like going to be mind-blowing. Like, oh, man, yeah. you can taste the love. Like yeah. that... Like that broth that you made has been simmering with a whole chicken in it and all I mean, day. This book is all about shortcuts. So oh, whether yeah. you're throwing frozen vegetables in a dish 
or whatever, like it's it's you're going to have a trade off. Okay. And so I totally get that with even with that example, like if you used fresh vegetables that you just cut up, they're probably going to taste better. Yeah. Than see here I am. I'm like patting myself on the no, back. I, like, I, we I, did good. No, I can see your point <laughs> too, but I just felt like the taste while not bad by any stretch of the imagination, that was like the compromise. So, okay. There you, you go. know what? I'm going to oh. change mine Whoa. to a four. I'm going to change it to a four. This hasn't happened in a while. I know. You won the Facebook argument, apparently. Okay. Wow. Okay. This never happens in real life. (laughs) 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 No one's ever convinced anyone on social media that they they were wrong. I know, right? They see the error of their ways. It doesn't happen. Maybe there's hope for us yet. Mm -hmm. All right. Right. If you guys enjoyed the show, please rank and review it. Uh, you can follow us on social media at we underscore cook underscore books. That is our Instagram and uh, at we cook books, uh, which is our Facebook. All right. Uh, I've got a hot one for you. OK, give it to me. Joke time. All right. Uh, I was watching this Australian cooking show this morning mm-hmm. and the uh, chef was making a meringue mm-hmm. and the audience just erupted in cheers for him. And it kind of surprised me because Australians usually boo meringue. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one, huh? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a great week and take care. Thanks for listening. Keep cooking. Stay hungry.